Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hey loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're able to take a deep breath, feel the nourishment of the breath, expand the body, and then exhale to let it out. And then suddenly your day is better. (laughs) All right. So we are back for part two of our series, Self-Awareness August, uh, focusing really on uh, the stages, the benefits of meditation and creating awareness in the self. Um, meditation is not the only method in which we can create awareness, but I do want to talk a little bit about the elements of how we can create that self-awareness that allows us to continue to grow and evolve in who we are being and getting ever so closer to our most authentic self. So to start us off, I'm going to pull a tarot card because that is also a tool I love to use to create self-awareness. And we've got the Eight of Cups. Now, the Eight of Cups has come forward reversed. So you know what that means. Shadow, shadow time. Um, Okay, (laughs) so let me just describe the card a little bit. It's um, an image of a woman dressed in uh, a white sort of sun summery flowy dress. We'll just say a white flowy dress. And she is walking away from a bowl. So for this particular deck, the cups are the shapes of Tibetan singing bowls. And she's walking away from one of the bowls that has a fire within it. And the bowl is floating on the water. And the suit of cups is associated with the element of water, which is about our expression of emotion. And she's walking away and she's like, "Mm, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. (laughs) But she's walking towards the horizon. So it looks like she's on the shore of some place. It could be a lake, could be the ocean. And she's walking towards the sun, which is out on the horizon. Um, And we've got blue skies and it's just such a beautiful image. So here's what the guidebook says for the light side. So if it was pulled right side up, this is what the card signifies. Letting go, releasing that which no longer serves you, a ritual releasing, a time to move stuck energy, walking away, leaving your old reality to pursue a new one, abandonment, disappointment. But because it came upside down, we must turn to the shadow side. So reversed, this card means walking away and then regretting your choice. Ooh, I don't like that. Feeling stuck in your current reality, 
Hmm. Maybe that's true of a lot of us. Fears that block your momentum. Mm-hmm. Escapism and avoidance. That is so interesting. Fears that block your momentum. And I was just talking about how we can look at our fears head on to face them, to identify them, to look at the root of the fears to see where do they come from? Like, why is this fear popping up? Where, what's the source? And once you identify the source, you have a better shot at uprooting that fear and, you know, saying, all right, you're not going to rule how I'm being anymore. And I'm going to embrace you because you are part of who I am. Um, and I did that during one of my Instagram live tarot polls. So you can go check that out. Okay. So here's what the guidebook says. She has released her last cup into the sea and her bowl burning ceremony is over. Is it time to walk away from something in your life? Choosing your sacred dream, especially when you're feeling disappointed, is one of the biggest acts of self-love that you can enact. When you take that very first step, you begin to choose yourself. There is nothing more healing or more powerful. Find your resolve and untether any anchors that are holding you back. Though your disillusioned heart may require some TLC, you can realign your path by shedding outgrown expectations, hopes, people, ideas, beliefs, guilt, or ways of being. Time to shed, my friends. If you find yourself exhausted or confused, or jumping from thing to thing, know that you are entering a mystical period of intense shifting, and that releasing old stories will help you to travel lightly. Go in the direction of epic dreams, happiness, and greater meaning. And the mantra here is, I walk away from negativity, and I choose myself in a rebellious act of self-love. So this comes at an interesting time, because I'm using August as uh, a time for me to take a step back. I'm using it as a sabbatical to take inventory of how far I've come and where I want to go. And one of the things that resonates here is to allow for our intuition to guide us, to really tune into the heart as far as where you want to go next on your journey. For me, I came to understand that I was traveling on a path that was not in alignment with my higher purpose, with my higher self. And so I was like, okay, no, we need to step back. We need to just take a pause and recalibrate. And so I'm taking August as my time to do the thing that lights me up, which is writing. I'm taking a writing sabbatical and I'm just going to write about what, who knows? I don't know. I'm just going to put pen to paper and we're going to see what happens. And then come September, we'll reassess. We'll see what's up. Um, but eight of cups comes reversed is this, um, <laughs> this signal that maybe there's fear blocking your momentum. For me, I'm seeing this walking away and then regretting your choice. That That is kind of funny, but I don't anticipate regretting my choice. I just am taking a step as a pause. I'm not walking away from anything because I want to feel into where my intuition is guiding me. But for all of you listening, ask yourself, are you escaping from your life? Are you trying to? Or are you choosing to step into your life. Figure out what's holding you back. Limiting beliefs, fears, those kinds of things. 
It's time to examine who you are being and how you are being, and then identifying those so that you can release it into the world and the universe can do something else with that energy. And so that leads us to our second part for this five-part series of Self-Awareness August, and that is opening. Part two is opening. So last week, part one was grounding. We needed to establish an anchor as we moved into meditation as an opportunity and an invitation to explore ourselves, our innermost being, right? But you need to ground first. Once you ground, then you can open. You can open up yourself to ease, to relaxation. It doesn't necessarily mean like break open your heart and drop all of the guards and walls and armor that you've put on to protect yourself. You can do that. But if you're not used to doing that, baby steps, be gentle with yourself. Really think about, okay, I want to just soften. I just want to allow for a little opening to come up to receive because I want to receive something. It's not open as in like, hey, everyone, here's who I am and who I'm being. And I want to show you all that stuff. Yeah, that can happen. But let's let's take baby steps. Let's take one step at a time. So opening for this practice of self-awareness is coming back to the senses again right? Once you've grounded, you come back into your senses and then allow for the opening of the senses to create receptacles for whatever energy you need to receive. So what I mean by that is to feel into the breath, to allow yourself to be in the body, And then notice what shifts might happen as you are breathing. What kind of openings are possible with every inhale? Because when you inhale, you are expanding your lungs. You're expanding your body, right? You're literally opening up. So what feels possible in every inhale? And then on the exhale, feel release, feel relaxation, just kind of let it all go. Allow for that opening to grow incrementally. And notice how the tension might melt away, how the fear and the anxiety might just relax a little bit, how you might be able to shift away from survival mode away from that sort of feeling of being on all the time and stepping into a gentle opening. So I like to think of the opening as something similar to a flower blooming open. It's gentle. It's inviting. It's like, okay, I'm starting as a tight little bud and I've got the sun nurturing me. I've got the rain nurturing me. And they're slowly teasing it out. They're slowly letting me know that it's safe. 
And so the petals of my bud start to soften, start to open up. And what happens then, you know, when you open up, when you see a flower bloom open, like a rose or a sunflower, you're just like taken in by that. I love it. And I want to go in and like smell it. Like I'm always like, oh, rose. And I stick my nose in the rose. I'm sure the rose is like, hey, hey, back it up. Boundaries, lady boundaries. (laughs) But there's an opening, right? And the opening is inviting us to just receive whatever thing is meant for us, whatever thing can support us on our journey of growing and healing. And you can take a few physical gestures to open yourself up. So let's just, let's just say if you are, if you're ready grounded and you take a big inhale, you can take your arms and then just open them up into like a big V that is open to the sky to receive whatever energy from the sky wants to come down and nourish and support you just the big feel how expansive feel like a big stretch right and then release that is what's possible and in the opening you can create awareness you can ask yourself okay how does this feel don't force it don't force it you know if it doesn't feel safe for you to open look into that ask the question of that okay i can inhale but i don't want to inhale too deeply like what is that about Is it that you don't want to take up too much space? Is it that your body feels super vulnerable when you open up like that? And then if it's a yes or no, depending on what it is, if it's yes, I don't feel safe, then ask the question, why? Where did that fear come from? Where did that sense of danger come from? And to keep asking those levels of questions, why deeper, deeper, deeper into the root of that fear or that sense of danger. You know, when I breathe in and breathe out, I mean, I've worked on my healing journey for quite some time that I feel pretty secure and safe. And and I trust myself that I've got my own back, that I can keep myself safe. But at the beginning, I didn't want to open up. I was like, wait, I cross my arms, hunch over my shoulders. It's like safer that way to kind of shrink my body down to feel small, right? But then when I went to early meditation classes, you know, when I went to first started going to meditation classes, I was like, wait, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I don't know what you guys are doing. But the idea and the invitation of opening up felt a little risky. It was like, okay, if I do that, what's going to happen? Am I going to get hurt? And so I asked myself, okay, wait, where is that coming from? You know, where does that fear of getting hurt come from? Of course, you know, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for some time, it comes from my childhood. It comes from how my parents dealt with misbehavior, we'll call it. You know, there was a lot of corporal punishment. And so if you stepped out of line, there was some harm done to the body. And so, of course, any kind of opening, any kind of revelation or revealing of who I was at my essence was met with physical violence Um, because who I was being didn't fit the mold of who they wanted me to be. When I say they, it's not just my parents, it's society, it's 
um, Asian culture. It's, you know, all these kinds of things, this conditioning that has been passed down through the ages, through the generations. Um, and so I didn't feel safe to be fully me. And then that became a practiced way of being that the idea of opening was not even on my radar, like opening. What's that? What do you, what do you mean? What do you talk about? Opening? Huh? I don't understand that. Wait, but that would mean I'm closed. I'm not closed. Am I closed? No, I'm not closed. But look how you're standing. Oh, look how your arms are crossed over your chest. Oh, got it. See it now. Mm-hmm. And so it's time to examine. This is what creating awareness is about. This is about self-awareness. It's examining who we are in this moment, right? Who we are being right here and now and getting to the root of that. And once you get to the root of that, you can get rid of it if it doesn't help, if it doesn't support your, your evolution, or you can nurture it depending on what it is, right? But when you get to the root of things, you start to understand how you got to where you are now. And that is key to knowing and understanding where you want to go. Sort of like a map, right? When you're on, when you do punch in your, your directions into the GPS of where you want to go, they need to know your current location and where you're starting from, right? Before we can travel to the destination you desire. And so ask yourself, okay, where am I now? How did I get here? What does opening feel like? Can I ground myself and then allow for myself to be open? To receive what? To receive messages from your intuition, to receive love from others, from the universe. How many of us feel a resistance to love? I know that sounds really silly, but I started reading Gabby Bernstein's book, The Universe Has Your Back, and she talks about how a lot of us self-sabotage because we are not receptive to the love of the universe. We resist love. And at first I was reading, I was like, no, we don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> but if you think about and observe the fears that people hold, the anxieties that people hold, there's, there's a, I want to say it's not, I mean, part of it is a lack of self-trust, but the other part of it is a resistance to love because maybe we don't feel worthy of love. Maybe we feel we don't deserve love. And so those feelings ask those questions. Where does it come from? Why do we feel that way? How did we come to believe that about ourselves? Because it's not true. I'm going to tell you now, it's not true. We're all worthy because, merely because we were born in this body, on this planet at this time. That already is worthy. You're like, hey, you want, you were worthy enough to be born on this earth. How about that? You know, legend has it in some religious um, communities that the angels are jealous of us. Because we were, we were deemed worthy enough to incarnate in a human body on this planet and have fun. Angels can't do that. They're like, hey, no, not fair. I mean, I get to be all angel and stuff, but I want to have that human experience, you know? Um, so yeah, so open. Opening to self-awareness. Creating that opening allows for awareness to come into the, into the picture. So grounding, right, for part one. Two is, is then opening. And then you'll just have to tune in next week for part three. <laughs> All right, my friends. And so to close this episode during our self-awareness August, 
I um, have chosen, you know, some random books from my Sealy Challenge. And this one is from the book called Un-American by Hafiza Geter. So let us just randomly... I don't know, these are not actually the, the happiest of poems, but I do, I do love them. This one's called The Leaving. A Nigerian proverb that when you lose your bridge, climb down the mountain. Instead, my mother grabbed the Atlantic, enough for a path to carry daughters. Every mile of seabed leapt over, used to form statues of her brothers in her mind. On her back, I slept a journey. She whispered, leave our language behind, afraid of an old country on my tongue. In America, feet never dried. Half-breed turned hemlock. My mother, my rope through the sea, my vine. I arrived Languages orphan, a two-citizen child, no country. Wake, a dead woman's daughter, homesick with no home to ill towards, listening for what English does to my blood. Whew, how about that? All right, my friends, that's it for today. And so we close the episode like I always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos. By signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox, go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.